Are you tired of hearing mental health from a superficial view and you want to hear about realistic views? Well, you come to the right place. A space where healing is central, but also normalized. Your hosts, Danica and Myra, who are in the mental health field, will explore topics to help promote healing in your everyday life. Through our podcast, you will get the real and the work to focus on your healing. Welcome. We are beyond grateful for our very first sponsor, Bloom and Plume Coffee, a black-owned coffee shop located in Echo Park, 1638 West Temple Street to be exact. They're open Monday through Sunday at 8 a.m. to 4 p.m. Bloom and Plume offers coffee, fresh juices, pastries, cool waffles. You must check it out and say Ritos, not to mention they have vegan options. The vibe and aesthetic is unmatched. Be sure to check it out. Special thank you to our second sponsor, Multicultural Therapists. Find a multiculturaltherapist.com is a psychotherapy directory specializing in providing an opportunity for people from different cultural backgrounds to find a therapist who shares their experience. Their goal is to assist in connecting individuals to culturally competent therapists. They offer individuals an opportunity to make their therapeutic connection more comfortable. Making the decision to seek therapy can be difficult. Finding a therapist who meets your cultural needs can be challenging. They understand and acknowledge that the specificity of your culture is important. Your life experiences are a great part of who you are, and they like to acknowledge that. Final Multicultural Therapist has created a revolutionary psychotherapy directory that provides everyone, regardless of your cultural background, race, spiritual beliefs, ethnicity, sexuality, and opportunities to connect with culturally competent therapists who will understand without judgment. Hey, y'all. We're back with a very special episode. So this week is just me and Donika. And so with this episode, it was a random idea that I had and Donika was like, let's just do it. So basically how it's going to work is we're going to pick each other's brain. So it's going to be everywhere from healing, homegirl conversations, you know, just friendly advice, whatever, whatever way it goes, we just going to flow with it. So we're going to skip the scenarios. We're going to skip all that extra stuff this week and we're just going to die right in. So I'm going to ask a question and then we'll just feed off of each other like that and we'll engage in the conversation. So the question I want to start off with asking you is, I'm nervous. (laughs) Don't be nervous. So I just want to ask you, when did you realize you had some healing to do in your life? Like when was the first time you were like, (laughs) I didn't break through some shit. And I need to work on this shit. Like, when was the first time you realized that? Go. Ooh, that's hard. That's so hard. Um, I, I always been a weird kid in the sense that, like, I always been kind of mature. Like, my thought process has always just not been about being a kid. <laughs> Um, I guess that's what you can say. I I grew up with friends that are were older than me. Usually, mm-hmm. I hung out with my sister, and you know, usually some of her friends, or even if it was my friends, I just was the I was usually the odd one, you know, mm-hmm. or at least I felt like it. Um, shoot, I don't know. I thought I was fine, 
overall, I, <laughs> I thought it <laughs> always think that. <laughs> right. I thought I was fine until I going to the freaking program through so I went to San Diego State University, y'all, for the marriage and family therapy program, masters. And through the program, they like they they force you to literally deal with your shit. So and you also, as a marriage and family therapist, you have to do so many hours of uh, your own therapy. I think it's 10. Is it 10, Myra? Uh, 12. Maybe 12. Yeah. So even though it sounds like it's not a lot, if you never, and it's funny because I had never done therapy before. Really? Uh, yeah. No, I had never, had never been in therapy before. Okay. So I think it just made me realize um, just a lot of stuff. I'm I can be very selfish. Um, I, I've noticed a lot of things that I do is because I've seen it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I start having to realize, it, it, am I going to be exactly like my family? Or is this something I like or don't like? But mm-hmm. you, I start looking and I'm like, dang, I'm exactly <laughs> like that. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. So I think through the program, that's when I realized that Hey, homegirl. I just hey. knew you was going to say something else. What was you thought I was going to say? My breakup? No, 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 no. I thought she was going to say something deep. Like when I was seven years old, I was talking to my friends. And then my friend said no. this. I said that. You know, <laughs> that never luckily, none of like stuff like that. Um, That's not what at least it didn't make me feel like even if something like that happened I never figured they realized it was a problem even to this day when I think about little stuff that has happened yeah. it didn't really impact me like that mm-hmm. um I don't know maybe it maybe it was because I I was in a family where everybody dealt with stuff and kept it moving yeah. so it's, it's a, a blessing and a disguise because some stuff really didn't stick on me but then you know some stuff did I don't know I really didn't have like those like, my parents, like, they shielded me from a lot of stuff. Even though I didn't grow up in, like, the best neighborhood, mm-hmm. it wasn't the worst either. And right. I never wanted for anything growing up. Even if my parents were struggling, they never, ever let us see it. I used to think he was rich when I was a kid. <laughs> Girl, we ain't rich at all. But that's how they made us feel, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, so my parents, I got to give it to them. They really just despite all of the stuff they went through yeah. they they most definitely shielded me from a lot of bs that's nice i like hearing that yeah so do i get to ask you the same question or do i can I ask you can ask me the same thing that's fine i'll ask you the same thing because i feel like you got a deep story and now i want to hear so tell me about your seven-year-old self <laughs> oh my god it's definitely not my seven-year-old self but want to know something crazy so all my life, my mom has had these two friends. So one of them is blind, and he's kind of like a therapist, but he's kind of like a preacher. Like, he kind of does everything. He kind of is a radio host. He does everything. He's married to this MFT. And so my whole life, like, I've always interacted with them. Mind you, my mom was trying to have these people, like, help me through. Apparently, she noticed I was going through stuff that I didn't notice as a kid. And she will always, like, put me around these people for them to help me out. It's so interesting because now – Looking back, I'm just like, huh. So I kind of love keeping in therapy all my life because my mom always makes jokes like, remember when you were seeing Ruby and such? Because Ruby also, she designed. So like, you know how Brandy had a Barbie? She designed like all those clothes. Brandy, the singer. 
Oh, yeah. So mm-hmm. she designed all those clothes. And I collected Barbies. So my end with Ruby was she gave me Brandy dolls because she designed the clothes. Not thinking she was also an MFT. So that was my end with her. So all my life, I've always interacted with Ruby. Now she's like my mentor, I guess you could say, whatever. But mm-hmm. I didn't know all this. But fast forward to when I was in undergrad, we had an extra credit where it was like, if you go see a therapist six times, like you'll get extra credit. And I was just like, okay, like I want to be a therapist, right? <laughs> so I go to the therapist and she's like, what do you want to talk about? And I'm like, I have nothing. So then she's like, let's talk about your childhood. So I'm like, okay, this is about to be interesting. So I'm describing my childhood to her. She had me do this thing where I close my eyes and imagine myself as a kid. And I don't know, she was like doing some guided imagery with me. But when she did this, I was like, my life is so fucked up. (laughs) And I started crying, right? And she's like, why are you crying? And I was like, because I don't like what you said. And basically she said something along the lines of like, how does it feel when you try to express yourself with this group of people? This group of people was my dad versus when you express yourself with your mom. And I was just like, I don't express myself with my dad. And when I said that, I was kind of just like, he really got me messed up. Like, are you serious? So then all my therapy sessions ended up becoming, how am I going to tell my dad that he doesn't acknowledge me? He doesn't listen to me. Mind you, me and my dad had a great relationship, but I didn't realize all these things until therapy, which I was like, now I don't like this man. So the whole therapy, the whole thing became, how am I going to, get the courage to tell him that he doesn't hear me he doesn't acknowledge me right so my dad always brags to people about how he's proud of me but he's never told me that at this point and whenever I would say something the conversation would be flipped into stuff that's going on with him and at the time it was something that happened like I think it was like I started film scholar and he never acknowledged it something like that and it was like irritated me, but I was like, this is what he does. So I didn't care. But now that I started this therapy process, now I'm irritated. So finally at the end, I'm like, shit, like, am I going to tell him in person or am I going to tell him on the phone? So he calls me and he just immediately starts talking about all this stuff. And I stopped him and I said, you didn't ask me how I was doing. Mm. <laughs> he said, what? That part. <laughs> I said, you never asked me how I was doing. You just called me and started talking. And he's like, what are you talking about? I said, you've done this all my life. <laughs> I'm tired of it. <laughs> he was like, excuse me? And I said, you know, I've been going to therapy and I've come to realize, like, I acknowledge you and I want you to acknowledge me in the same way. If I come and talk to you about things, why isn't it that you ask me how I'm doing or how these things bother me? And it was from there I realized I have this issue with other people too. I always do all these things for all these people. And my life has always been like that. And it comes to certain points where people will do stuff and I'll just automatically become like irritated by them. And that's when I started realizing, okay, there's some healing I need to work on because I feel like this is something I've experienced like all my childhood that's carried on into my adulthood and people Mm -hmm. do things and I'll be irritated with them and it won't make sense why. But now I get it. It's because I'm showing up for them and they're not showing it for me in the same way. So that's when I started to realize, okay, this is something I got to work on. And so all throughout 2019, I've been blessed with my cohort mates that have become like my closest of friends. They notice it too. So they are always calling me out like all the time. Sometimes it's annoying and I just be like, shut the hell up. But now it's like, okay, this is something I really got to work through. Like 
being a kid I still feel like I'm a kid like when people do like people will do certain things like I said like they won't acknowledge me in the same way and I feel like a kid again so that's something like I've been working through but yeah when I went to therapy for extra credit that's not real lies that is a plug y'all go to therapy for extra credit and learn <laughs> and learn some stuff about yourself while getting the A um, and if you're not in school go to therapy to get an A in life. Right, life extra credit. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, I think no matter what, if you go to therapy, you should get something out of it. Even if it's something as small as realizing that you eat more at night. I don't know. You <laughs> usually, it just helps bring clarity. Um, but this is a question I'm gonna ask because I was talking to my friends um about diagnoses and so what do you think about diagnoses and what do you what would you hmm what would you tell our listeners about having to diagnose people I think the diagnosis can hurt but it can also harm um I'll think let me how can I explain this I think that it can be helpful because I think of the DSM and the DSM is just a diagnosing tool for those who don't know what it is. I think of it in a way, and it's funny because when I interact with like friends and stuff, I look, you be going home and like flipping through it, um, which I probably should not, I just need to stop doing that. But anyway, uh, <laughs> I think that, looking for a diagnosis. Yeah, because sometimes I'll know. Okay, let me explain it so y'all will better understand. This is how I understand people. I tend to observe people and I tend to research about the things that they do if I can't quickly grasp it or understand it. And what I mean by that is, let's say my friend is doing certain things where I'm like, huh, I don't know if that's depression or is that anxiety or is that borderline? So for me to make sense of it, I'll go to the DSM to make sense of it. And when I think about diagnosing, I think about it as a way that can be helpful if I'm thinking about it the way that Myra comes across diagnosing. So let's say, for example, um, my mom, because my mom is somebody who asks me about diagnosing all the time, so I'll use her. My mom will say, oh, I'm having X, Y, and Z symptoms. My doctor said I think it's this, that they think that it's this, and she'll automatically throw herself into this box. And so I'll have a conversation with her and say something along the lines of, okay, these are some of the symptoms that you're having. What are some of the ways that we can help these symptoms if you're wanting help for them, right? Mm -hmm. But the way that it's harmful is now that she has this title, she wants to say, oh, I'm like this because I'm this, this, and that. And I have to tell her, these are symptoms you're having. You can't just say, I am this. And what I mean by that is, let's say, for example, depression. So She'll say, yeah, um, I'm making this up. That's not something she's ever made. She'll say something along the lines of, yeah, um, I'm not getting out of the bed or really doing much because I'm depressed. And I'll say, well, no, if you know that you're depressed and you're not getting out of the bed, why don't we take that and, you know, find some reasons for you to get out of the bed? And she'll go, oh, okay, that makes sense. So that's how I tend to look at diagnosing. I also look at it as a way of just making sense of things and people. Um, little self-disclosure, I have an uncle, which oftentimes people will be like, I thought your dad was like the only child. 
No, I have an uncle who um, has schizophrenia and it's kind of extreme to the point where he's away in a home. And I feel like for my family to, it was really hard for them. So the, for them to make sense of it, they had to place him in a home. Um, although that might be more hurtful for them because they love him. It's also mm-hmm. helpful in the way that they were able to utilize these resources and place him in a home. And although he's been in certain homes that haven't been the best, as of now, my family has found a home that has been helpful for him. So that's a very extreme case. But then when thinking about my mom, I think that placing the title on you isn't necessarily healthy by identifying things in the diagnosis that you identify with and figuring out ways to help yourself out is the helpful part. Does that make sense? <laughs> yes, you sound like me. I'm always, does that make sense? Yes, no, yeah. it makes perfect sense. It does. Okay. Yeah. I do not like diagnosis. Uh, I don't like diagnosing. I, oh. And <laughs> okay, I, I, right. Um, well, because ever since I came out of school, I've been diagnosing. I've been in programs. I've had to work where you have no choice but to diagnose. So for our listeners, if you go to a private practice, depending on your insurance, they may or may not have to diagnose you. If you go to a county-funded program, you have to get a diagnosis more than likely to get seen. Every program I've ever worked at, I've had to give a diagnosis. Mm -hmm. And so I've struggled with it because I feel like that it forces people into a box. So say if you just, if you come into me or I say a lot of my clients come from probation, okay, yeah, they probably are like super um, traumatized by something, but that doesn't mean that they necessarily suffer from PTSD. It's a whole lot of different symptoms that um, qualify a person to have this diagnosis. Like Marvin's talking about, you just having these symptoms, but that doesn't mean that you have are you suffering from PTS, post-traumatic stress disorder, stress disorder? That does not mean that. And so I'm forced when my clients come to figure out what diagnosis can I put you in so I can give you some type of therapy. Mm-hmm. And it just, it bothers me. And then it also, it like, I don't, I get it. Like some people, it makes them feel better to be like, oh, okay. It makes, okay, I, under, I understand now why I can't get out of bed. I understand now why I've been hearing these voices and I think aliens are following me. You know, like I understand it better now, mm-hmm. but I don't think everything needs to be made sense of. Yeah. I think sometimes when you don't make sense of something, is you're able to look at it in a bigger way and, you know, take things that's like, okay, yeah, I'm going through this, but I'm going to figure out a different way to get through it just because I'm suffering from even schizophrenia. It's a lot of functioning schizophrenic. Um, those suffering from schizophrenia functioning, have their own place and everything. So I don't know. I, I struggle with it. And I think that more and more people, people are especially depression and anxiety. It was the number two things that people throw around like it is nothing. So everybody, oh, I'm depressed. I'm anxious. Mm-hmm why are you you just going through a tough time mm-hmm. that don't mean you're depressed that's you don't have to use those terminologies those words because sometimes it's you're taking on something that is not happening for you and by you taking it on you're forcing it to happen for you mm-hmm. and so then you become stuck in this stage where you you could actually make yourself depressed by saying you're depressed 
Mm-hmm. Um, and even just others around you. How you if you if my friend comes to me and they say, Oh my goodness, Nika, I'm so depressed. Like me as a therapist, I'm gonna be able to filter it through a little bit, but I'm just thinking of them t- talking to another friend. They're gonna be thinking this is so serious. Mm-hmm. Like my friend is depressed. Oh my goodness, versus I'm sad, girl. Like I really miss blah blah blah. You know, like I don't know. It as you can tell, it's one of those things that <laughs> I I just I get it. I get it. It's nice to have a, a manual to have some symptoms and criteria to meet to have these um these diagnoses that help us to actually treat people too because once you know what's going on it's easier for us to treat people yeah but at the same time yeah i don't know yeah. it's one of those things like we're always going to be in conversation about like we're always going to be in conversation about you can't avoid it for sure um my next question has two parts so the first part is do you feel like you love yourself yes i love myself um two pieces um like flaws and all like for real yesterday I was thinking of this I was at home and I was just I like stayed in the house all day yesterday and sometimes I do this y'all um but it's because I do so much and I need a day to like recoup and if I don't have it I know what'll happen um everything around me will just be getting little bits and pieces and not like the full capacity of my talent. Mm-hmm. So um, I need those days. And yesterday I was just thinking like, dang, like, I'm, I live by myself and I'm with myself all the time. <laughs> like I am, like I literally am with me all the time. Um, so I, I think it, like bits and pieces just that like dang do I want to do something do I want to be around other people mm-hmm. and then I'll go back and be like no I actually like being around myself right now like I like to like I'm having a great time with me it sounds weird but it's it's like it's it like true um but it goes back and forth but that's, that's what I mean by like I think I love my flaws too so even when t- sometimes I get on my own nerves like just with some of my thoughts that's beautiful yes no that's really beautiful because like I like how you're saying like "Ah, that was just beautiful that touched me (laughs) so was it a journey to get to where you are though like oh absolutely it's still it's still like I think it's I can I could not be as hard on myself sometimes Mm -hmm. that I am Mm-hmm. So I'm still working on it and I'm still, you know, learning to love different flaws that, um, yeah, yeah. It's, it's a journey. It's a continuous journey, but it's happening. I love me. Yeah. What about you? Do you love you? I always tell my, li- my listeners, <laughs> I always tell, excuse me, y'all. I don't know why I'm so goofy today. I always tell my film solid girls, like when I think about, um, self-love, I think about it as a journey that's gonna always have new chapters because I just think about like when you're younger you go through that ugly phase um for me I'm finally like growing into like my grown woman body so I'm like trying to make sense of that even though I like it so far there might be a day where I don't like it and then let's say I get pregnant and you know post-traumatic not post-traumatic stress what is the word I'm looking for after you have a baby um 
postpartum depression or post yeah. uh, I've been talking about PTSD so much it's like programmed in my brain <laughs> anyway postpartum is real and I'm just thinking about like how am I gonna look at myself after I have a baby how am I gonna look at myself when I get wrinkly so it's always gonna be like different phases and then also like you might do stuff in your life where you're just like questioning yourself or like questioning your worth so I feel like as of now, I definitely do love myself, but I don't know that it'll ever be a hundred percent. That's the question that like, I've been like just asking myself, like, will it ever be a hundred percent? Um, but yeah, I definitely do love myself. I love where I am in life, but I feel like that took like a lot of work because if you were to ask me this, like maybe three years ago, I'd probably be like, why are we talking about this? Like I would avoid the question, but now I'm in a space where I'll tell you, yeah, I'll tell you no. Like, I'll tell you I'm working on it. Like, I'm completely open with it. But my question mm -hmm. for you is, do you feel like people in your life can contribute to your self-love? And what does that look like? Yes. Yeah, so my, um, my number one love language, if y'all haven't taken the five love languages test, go over to, who, who does, who's that, Gary? Uh, Jerry Gross, who's that? It's not Do Gary. the five love languages? I don't know. Okay, y'all can Google. Y'all can Google five love languages, and it'll pop straight up. I forget who it is. Um, and so during this test, they have different um five different love languages, and so my number one is affirmations, words of affirmation. So I love when people tell me things. <laughs> so if you tell me you're doing so well, I really like what you did. Like, you look nice. If you say all of these affirmations to me, no, it makes not. me feel amazing. <laughs> That's how I like to be loved. I like to be acknowledged verbally. So, yes, and I have I have plenty of friends and folks around me who, you know, my parents, everybody give me affirmations, um, and I gladly accept it. Like, I'm not wanting to be like, I mean, maybe I don't like gloat on it because I do feel like I'm humble for the most part, I, you know, but I will accept it. I don't be trying to be like, no, it's just like you told me, um, you told me earlier about my hair mm -hmm. and I said, yep. <laughs> Myra said, girl, your hair's cute. I said, yep. Thank I said, what did I say? I don't know. You but like, yeah, <laughs> I said, I know. Um, but yeah, just like taking those compliments in and that helps me to, it helps contribute to my self-love and the journey of, you know, some good things are happening. Some good things are happening for me. I like that a lot. Yeah. So, if I haven't taken the love languages test, I suggest you take it. Have you taken it? I have, but I think mine's, I think mine said like, acts of service which I was like mm, that's did you do couples or single I don't remember I had my clients do it and I think I did oh, it right before them I don't remember but my friends always say that mine's is affirmations which I'm like maybe it is I feel like it's quality time though because I like to hog people's time <laughs> and if you like schedule me on your calendar I get like some type of like I don't know like it just makes me like warm inside it's weird <laughs> nice to know uh, <laughs> We'll put you on the schedule. <laughs> so, um, all right. So let me think of a question. How how are you? How do you feel since we've been doing Black Women Healing Pod? How do you feel about it? Um, how do I feel about the pod or the partnership or what? What do you mean? Or everything? Everything. Whatever comes to mind for you when I say like, 
All right, what's been going on with you in this Black Women Healing Pod journey? Hmm, I feel, well, number one, I feel like this is amazing. Um, I think that for me, certain people in my life can do certain roles. <laughs> I feel like Donika fits this role just because I feel like, talking about the childhood trauma, how I feel like people don't show up, I feel like if I don't, what, how can I say this? I feel like I don't have to ask for her to show up in any particular way she does it. So I'm blessed in that aspect where I don't have to be like, yeah, girl, you slacking. Cause I don't like working with people like that. That's just not my thing. I don't mind checking people or telling people, but I'm grateful that I don't have to do that. Um, as far as the podcast as a whole, I would say I'm definitely enjoying it. I feel myself growing with it, which has been really interesting. Um, just because the way we get to dive into conversations and talk about different topics and I can take these conversations and utilize them in my life. I feel like it's been really cool. And I know that podcasts are going to die out soon. So I'm thankful that we have the component of like, we're meeting people in person and things like that. And I'm just really hopeful for the way that we're going to grow and bloom and blossom. Um, I'm really looking forward to the circles. I mean, I love doing the recordings, but I'm really looking forward to the circles. And I want to hear, like, our listeners talk about the pod in the circles. So I'm interested in hearing about that. Or y'all can leave reviews, because that helps too. Um, mm -hmm. But I'm really enjoying this. I feel like my purpose is to give people access to the things that they need for free. And I know that I can't always offer that because it costs to live and it costs to breathe. So any way that I could do that, I'm thankful for. And I've always like tried to live by that. Um, so I'm thankful that, you know, we're offering something for free. That's something that people can grasp onto and utilize in their life. So walking in my purpose um, has been something I've been doing with this. So I'm happy so far. I, it hasn't been something where I'm just like, I'm over this yet. Um, and I haven't been like, oh God, can we cancel today? Besides yesterday, but it's like my Sundays are my days. So <laughs> I like to do nothing on my Sundays. So sometimes I'm like, why'd you even schedule anything? Yeah, that was, that was not smart. I don't even, yeah. even one of my evenings. Like we know, no Sunday, no. No Sundays. So yeah, yeah, but besides that, I feel like anything where I'm walking, and I told myself this year, if it's not like in my purpose, like I'm not going to do it. So doing something that aligns with my purpose like I'm always thankful for that so that's my thoughts well that's beautiful yeah I feel the same way I'm really I feel like that I you're, you're the first like like partner um you're the first partner or somebody I've done something with where I feel like completely supported and lightweight like you know like I do be feeling like I'm slacking sometimes because you so own it and I've never had anybody like with me to be on it like this. So like, it feels, it feels like me, but <laughs> on another level because you, <laughs> because it's like, I, yeah, like we, I feel like we both have like the same work ethic, but we also have different skills too. Mm -hmm. So where I, I slack, you pick up on where you slack, I pick up on and, mm -hmm. but we also willing to do, either position like we're willing to do any of it. it's not be like oh well you're good at that you only do that it's like well 
if you can pick up on it, you'll pick up on it. If I can pick up on it, I'll pick up on it. And mm-hmm. it's just been good, y'all. And I think it's hard to come by people um, that you feel like connected to and that you can do stuff like this with. So I'm hoping we can do this for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also with the pods, like, I ain't gonna lie at first. I wanted it to mainly just be me and Myra. Uh, <laughs> With, with no guests <laughs> and I, I promise at first I was just thinking it was just gonna be my, me and Myra Myra was like oh we gotta get these guests going I'm like oh guests oh okay yeah that's who I guess um but the guests have been dope and I feel like it's like little mini workshops every week that's what it's been feeling like mm-hmm. so as y'all listening we listening I'm taking notes I don't know if y'all taking notes but that's what it really feels like like little workshops and um and to like listen to the takeaways like that piece right there that is my like that is the the core of everything for me for mm-hmm. anything that I do it's always a takeaway it's a deadline it's something because I feel like we talk all of this mess but we don't do nothing about it right. so that I even with my clients I give some type of like okay well what we're we gonna work on this week you know because that gives them something to think about and something to practice. So hopefully it becomes something positive in their life, a habit, uh, or even if it's, if, if it's not, you learn what you don't like, you know? So say, you know, we asked y'all to, you know, do gratitude journals and you start doing it and you like, it's ain't my thing. At least, you know, now. Right. So, and it's been like that for, like I said, for, for me as well, like gratitude journals, they not my thing y'all. <laughs> <laughs> that was a whisper. Um, <laughs> Because everybody loves gratitude journals and gratitude, like, whatever, like, doing gratitudes every day. But for me, it feels good when I do it, but, yeah, it's not my thing. Um, so, but, yeah, I, I I really feel like that this, this can be big, and I feel like it will be. Um, but more than just being big, like I'm interested in reaching people on even a micro scale. Like if we can reach people individually who are going through anything, like I know I think about like when people look through pods, like me, when I look through a pod, if I've never heard it, I look for a topic that I'm going through, that I feel connected to. And I'm hoping that people, when they come to our pod and they're looking through our pods, that they at least find one thing that they feel connected to and they can click on it, they can get something from it. So if one person or if a few people do that, it is a win for me. You know what? Now I'm thinking about it. Why don't we, this is a random idea, but it would be dope if we took like our top five, like favorite guests and made it into a, like a day like workshop or a conference or something we should definitely do that we'll talk about that later y'all hear Maya with these ideas she does this all the time all the time she has all the ideas but they be good, they be really good. like I almost definitely can see that that type of workshop being bomb but we have guests from all over the freaking United States so far. So we would have to find like a central central space or place. I don't know. Yeah. So last question or topic. So in like our conversation, we're kind of talking about kind of like sisterhood or connecting through community. So I want to be inclusive on this question. Um, so I'll say the question, but you can like talk about it any way that you're thinking of. So when it comes to like sisterhood, 
you know, oftentimes I'll come across women who are like, you know, I don't really get along with other women. I connect more with men. And something that I want to point out is, although you might notice you're only getting along with men, connecting to other women is very important and sisterhood is important. Um, And so when we're thinking about this, let's say, instead of sisterhood, I'll say feminine centered individuals connecting with each other. Mm -hmm. What is, not what is, but what I'm trying to say is, yeah, that is what I'm trying to say. What is it important to connecting with other feminine-centered individuals versus, let's say, masculine-centered individuals? I don't know if that's how you would say it. What is the importance mm-hmm. of that to you? Um, I think it's a shared shared experience uh, it's some type of relatability I know me I'm a person who I live off of when I hear other people's stories it makes me feel more normal and it makes me feel more sane of like okay good I'm not the only person going through this and I know sometimes people think it sounds wrong like I'm like oh yeah okay you hurt too me too it makes me just feel better of like I'm not on this journey by myself it might look a little different but it's similar to somebody else. And I think when it comes to like feminine centered individuals, it's certain things that we go through, such as um, like beauty standards, speaking of, cause I was on Facebook and one of my friends, she posted a picture of a dude. It was a, it was a woman, um, a woman, I believe she identified as a woman and she had her dude in the back and they was like in a hot tub. Mm-hmm. And it was a comment that he said that was like, people dm me talking about my baby mama's ugly her body's ugly all of this but uh i ain't never say she was the baddest but she hold me down she um she got two jobs she take care of the kids like you ugly i'm like basically you know basically going off right so i seen people's comments they like exactly like like beauties everything and all that i'm just like whoa 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 Mm-mm. y'all missing the point why he talking about she not the I ain't never say she the baddest. Why is she not the baddest in your eyes? Right. And it made me think about these beauty standards. Mm-hmm. Like what do you what do you why come she's not? What what are your be what are you thinking is your beauty standards where you're telling me your baby mama is not the baddest? Right. Like and, and immediately we know what beauty standards are and at least in, you know, Eurocentric West Westernized culture is, you know, if you are if you are black being lighter skin, smaller nose, you can have a little lips, um, you know, eyes being fairly proportioned, mm-hmm. um, nice hair, meaning that it's, it's, it's easier to come through, comb through, mm-hmm. uh, hanging past your shoulder. Uh, I can go on and on, but we had more looking like European, mm-hmm. pretty much. Mm-hmm. But it just made me think about how, like, we constantly at a, uh, we constantly in a struggle of like beauty standards and mm-hmm. you know and that's what make us second guess if we pretty or beautiful or not because you heard stuff like this if i ever heard my dude say uh my girl ain't the baddest do you know how that would make me feel i would have to leave him talking about she hold me down i don't care about none of that you just said i'm not the baddest right and then everybody's agreeing with it so it goes to show how we done got sucked into that narrative too thinking like mm-hmm. oh your person don't have to be baddest beauty standard is whatever you want it to be whatever you want your person to be is what that is your person should be the baddest in your eyes but anyway I tell that story to say that when I talk to women especially because we use even if we say a dude is ugly 
he's still getting play usually. Right. Uh, it's not that big of a deal. He know he ugly, as the beauty standard would say. Right. It's not that big of a deal. But women, oh, we are drugged through the dirt, you know what I'm saying? Like, by whatever, by everybody. So to be able to talk to, like, I would love to talk to that woman in the in the picture to see how she felt about that, mm-hmm. you know? But that's just one thing. I know it's deep. It's deep. It's deep. That was real deep. Yeah. I think that it's important simply because of the fact that it teaches you not to be jealous of, um, other women that you go up against like I always tell my fem scholar girls like when we think about womanhood stepping into womanhood we think about having a period growing boobs and things like that and what I had to explain to them was I think you genuinely step into your womanhood when you see another woman struggling and you're helping her out when you see another woman is maybe in a higher position than you and you're clapping for her you're cheering her on when you see um, another woman is doing something you want to do, instead of you turning her side eye, you over there clapping for her and cheering her on. And I was telling them, like, I feel like I genuinely have stepped into my womanhood when I realized that no woman is a threat to me. And when I look at other women, I'm happy for them. And oftentimes when other women are jealous of me, my friends pointed out, I don't even notice because I'm not on that. I don't care about that. If you want some help, I'm going to help you out. If, even if that means you're going to be my supervisor, my boss, a step above me, I don't care. I'm going to help you out. So I think that that's an important factor of being connected to other women and being connected in sisterhood, knowing that you need to cheer this other woman on, especially us as black women. We need to make sure that we're helping each other out, putting each other on, rooting for each other, because that's the true essence of womanhood to me. So I hope y'all enjoyed today's pod. We were spitting some gems on here. yes this was fun though Myra thank you for bringing it thank you for tuning into today's podcast be sure to drop a comment on any of our platforms or even shoot us an email we will be back next Monday make sure to tell a friend to tell a friend that is it for today's black women's healing pod